0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast episode finds you well. I hope you're all having a great day and a great week. And it's just always such a pleasure to be able to speak to you guys through this platform. Um, And I just want to thank God for giving me the ability to do that. And again, I just want to emphasize the reason that I do this podcast is to hopefully... You know, even if there's just a few people who listen to it, you know, it's not about me. It's not about me becoming popular or famous because if it if it were, I I'd, I'd be miserably failing <laughs> because I've been doing this for a couple of years now and you know uh, nothing's really changed. You know, my, my goal in doing this is that you know that people would the people who do find it and those who do seek this out and stumble upon Thursday thoughts, whether whether you're a friend of mine or someone that, uh, that I told about it, or you're just looking for a spiritual podcast and you stumble upon this one, my goal for this podcast is just that we could draw closer to God and learn what it means to be a Christian in our modern day world, learn what it means to live for God in the here and now, um, and take the scriptures and apply them to our lives today, and just study scripture and gain a deeper understanding of it. And so that's really my whole goal with this podcast. And so today we are arriving at the end of 1st John. We've been studying the letter of 1st John this whole season of Thursday Thoughts, and we're going to conclude it today. Today will be the last episode of Thursday Thoughts for this season, uh, and until, you know, Lord willing, until until we start again in 2024. And so I just want to thank you all for you know tuning in with me on this study and if this is the first one you're tuning into you know go back to the beginning of this season and the good news for you is you won't have to wait week for week like some folks have you can listen to all of them in a row and get our whole study on first john in you know probably a couple hours um anyway without further ado let us jump into today's podcast episode and our lesson for today so we're going to be finishing out First John. We're in chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 13 through 21 today. So this is the final section of John's first epistle. It consists of John's purpose for writing his epistle, uh, a quick teaching about prayer, and a summary section about the believer's knowledge and sin, and lastly, a warning to flee false religion and false teaching. The theme of knowledge and confidence is dominant in this section. And so John insists that assurance of eternal life comes through belief in the Son of God, whom he has taken great care to properly identify through the letter. He also returns to the topics of sinful living and the identity of God's children in this last section. And so let's read it. Uh, Verses 13 through 21. John says, starting in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sins uh, that do not lead to death, or excuse me, I'm going to redo that. (laughs) Verse 16 right here. I got tongue twisted. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he So here in 1 John 5.13, we get, you know, what is the purpose for John's writing of this epistle? John writes this epistle so that his readers might know they have eternal life. Earlier he said, I write this to you to make your joy complete, and I write this to you uh, so that you will not sin. Both of these verses also give some indication of John's purpose for writing this epistle. And I really think that's profound. You know, I remember growing up as a Christian, I always used to, especially when I first became a Christian, uh, and even now sometimes I catch myself saying it, you know, because I don't want to be arrogant and assume that I'm, you know, know, and assume that I'm in God's good graces whenever I may not be. But John makes it pretty clear here. You know, we've been going through 1 John, and I've said countless times throughout this season of Thursday Thoughts that First John is really a good sample of what a real Christian looks like, and if you live according to what John is writing about here in First John, then you can be confident and know you have eternal life and know that you're in Christ Jesus, because that's the promise that God gives to us. And so we can be confident and we can be sure of our salvation in God and in Christ Jesus. And so that's why John is writing. You know, both of these verses also give some... Uh, and excuse me, now at the conclusion of John's epistle, John not only gives a reason for why he writes this to his audience, but now he gives them the main reason why he writes. So that you may know that you have eternal life. It's apparent that many in the church were being led astray by false teaching, and, made to, and they were made to doubt whether they really possessed eternal life. John, therefore, assures his readers that they can be and should be confident that they possess eternal life, even... As he's writing this to them, I think that's really cool. Um, and so, in First John five fourteen through seventeen, you know, in verses fourteen through seventeen, John moves to a second confidence enjoyed by the believing Christian. You know, eternal life was the first one, but now answered prayers. This is an assurance that God gives us; He hears all prayers. However, God answers prayers according to His will, which doesn't always align with our desires. John asserts that believers can be assured of God's involvement in their lives through prayer. God both hears and answers the prayers offered to him. John's focus here is the Christian's responsibility to demonstrate love toward a fellow believer by interweaving uh, to you know, curtail sinful behavior, if you will. Uh, John expects believers, and specifically their prayers, to help others overcome the sin in their lives. John identifies a type of sin that cannot result in forgiveness and eternal life because it flatly rejects God's grace. This kind of sin, you know, thinking of the context here in First John and who he's, you know, who his opponents are—these Gnostic teachers. Uh, if, if you're, not, if you're again, if you've forgotten what that means, or if, you, if this is your first episode tuning in, you know, go back to earlier episodes and we talk about these Gnostics, these false teachers. And considering the, thing, the, the the false gospel they were spreading, this sin that does not lead to forgiveness likely includes denying Jesus as the Son of God and the Anointed One. It might also even involve denying Jesus' humanity and the fact that he came and lived as a human being. Uh, this kind of sin dismisses the atoning significance of Jesus' work on the cross and rejects the possibility of sin in the life of a Christian. Uh, I think think of Mark three twenty eight through 30 uh, with the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin. I think that's pretty much what John's referring to here. Um, while John encourages Christians to pray for fellow believers who are committing sins that do not lead to death, they are not obligated to pray for those who intentionally oppose the grace of God. So that he might clear up any misunderstanding, John indicates that he is not soft on sin by stating, All unrighteousness is sin. John's real concern is to encourage believers to pray for those whose sin is not leading to death. Thus, John again states that there is sin that does not lead to death. The words are added to show the wide scope which is given for the exercise of Christian sympathy and intercession. And so, you know, that that can be a complicated section here in 1 John 5, but I hope that makes it make some sense. Uh, Basically... According to Scripture, you know, you go to Mark three twenty-eight through thirty and look right here in First John five and the context of First John. It seems that the imp- the unpardonable sin is basically denying anything about who God is. Like if you deny that God is who He says He is, if you deny that if you deny that Jesus is who He says He is, if you deny that the Holy Spirit is who He says He is, it seems like that is the unpardonable sin, the sin that leads to death, because all other sin can be forgiven, right? As Mark 3 says, you know, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is unpardonable. So, moving on. Now, verses 18 through 20. Verses 18 through 20 continue on the theme of assurance uh, and confidence. But a transition is made from assurance and prayer to the believer's knowledge and proper attitude towards sin, the world, and the Son of God in verses 18, 19, and 20. These, very, these verses function as summary statements reiterating John's main points in this epistle. Verse 18 reaches back to the previous section as John demonstrates that he is in no way different to sin uh, as some might wrongly have argued since he speaks about a sin that does not lead to death. Rather John reminds his readers that no one who is born of God continues in sin since Jesus protects him from the evil one's influence. Verse 20 actually connects well with John's surprise ending in verse 21 and provides a natural antithesis To his warning concerning idolatry. In this passage, John affirms God and his Son, who are one, believers in Jesus, embrace this idea of God and the Son and the flesh, and live according to his commandments. You know, and so therefore in verse twenty one, this final exhortation by John to keep away from idols stands in for all that he has said earlier in the letter about walking in light and not continuing in sin. Idols refers to anything that stands between people and God. That's what an idol is. Whether physical or spiritual, all falsehoods that John has opposed in this letter are forms of idolatry. And so that's what he's saying. You know, he's writing this letter to encourage them that they have eternal life and to avoid and resist the false teachings that they've been given. And the same goes for us today. We need to be confident in Jesus Christ and his saving work and our eternal life. You know, not because we're perfect, but... Because we will sin, but Jesus will forgive us of our sins. We have an advocate uh, to the Father through Jesus Christ. And as long as we live faithfully in love and service toward one another and in obedience and truth and walk in light as he is in light and you know, not love the things of the world, these are all things that John's talked about up to this point. If we do all these things, then we can be confident in our salvation and we can be sure of our eternal life in Christ Jesus. And we will be able to avoid the idols. So in conclusion, Jesus Christ is the Son of God who provides eternal life to anyone who comes to him in faith. He is the true revelation of God. Anything else is a counterfeit and a false substitute, a fake gospel. On this truth, a person can be certain. On this truth, John begins, uh, he brings his letter to a close. In this, you know, in, in this... uh This denial of of Jesus, you know, this 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 sin, this lovelessness, this error with the true Christian. This is the underlying theme of John's letter. You know, let Christians recognize who they are, what they have become. They're born of God. They're not like these false teachers. They belong to God. They know God, and they are in God. You know, the they're they're the possessors of eternal life in Christ. All these characteristics. Their expressions, uh, they occur in these final verses and they will surely live, a, and these people will surely live a life with which is consistent with and worthy of their Christian status. And so that's what 1 John is all about. And that's why I've set it up to this point. 1 John is all about what it looks like to be a real Christian, what real Christians don't do, and why you can be confident in your salvation. These are the main things that 1 John does for us. And so on that note as we're concluding this episode of Thursday Thoughts I I really hope that you've enjoyed the study of 1 John and I I you know I encourage you always if there are questions or comments, criticisms or concerns or anything like that, you know shoot me an email, shoot me a text, hit me up on social media, you know whatever. You know if you just want to talk and discuss something, if you have something you want discussed on a podcast episode, let me know. Um Thank you so much for your time. And again, I hope this has been good for you. And so this was our final episode for this season of Thursday Thoughts. And I hope you all have a great holiday season. And Lord willing, we'll come back with more episodes after the new year in 2024. God bless, guys.